Previous years, like generating cash was not the coolest thing to do. I mean, you know, VCs were trying to deploy their capital, and the, w- the best way to do that is just to give more capital to, to fast-growing companies that that are burning it up. Being profitable, being you know, cash flow positive—two separate things, but both equally important. That's becoming more and more important from the outside, but internally in Just Works, it's always been important. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Backbone, a podcast exploring the journey of finance and operations within tech companies. I'm your host, Shabam Data, at Shabam on Twitter. If this is your first episode, welcome, and thanks for checking it out. For those returning listeners, I'm so glad you're here. I hope that you've subscribed, rated, and reviewed the show on whichever platform you're hearing this now. It would mean so much to me and help spread the stories of these amazing finance leaders we feature on The Backbone. On to the show today, I'm thrilled to welcome Jonathan Mirian, VP of Finance at JustWorks, an HR technology company that helps entrepreneurs and businesses grow with confidence by giving them access to big company benefits, automated payroll, HR tools, and compliance and support all in one place. At JustWorks, Jonathan is responsible for managing the company's finance function, including financial planning and analysis and accounting. Prior to JustWorks, he worked at a food recipe startup called Goji, later acquired by Exo Group. Jonathan started his career at Morgan Stanley in the investment banking division where he worked in both the financial sponsors group and the technology group. Jonathan is a Tennessee native and holds a BA in English from Columbia and an MBA from Oxford. And so without further ado, here's Jonathan Mirian, VP of Finance at JustWorks. Hey, Jonathan. Thanks for joining me on The Backbone. How's it going? It's going well. Well, we, we've got lots to, to kind of get through today. So why don't we dive right in and start with your career journey? You started your career uh, in investment banking, actually, in Morgan, at Morgan Stanley. From there, you spent some time working as a product manager before taking on the finance operator role at JustWorks. You joined the company as the first finance hire and a 20-person team. Talk to me about that journey and how it all started for you. Sure. Yeah. Well, first of all, I just want to say, um, I think your podcast is an incredible idea. I think we men- I mentioned to you before, I think finance people in general can be a little cagey just because of the subject matter we, we deal with. So uh, I think, uh, you know, I think the backbone really brings to light a lot of great issues and questions and, and, and knowledge. So I, I want to thank you for that. Um, I think it's a great idea. Awesome. Thanks so much. I did not pay you to say that. So I, I really appreciate <laughs> it. No worries. Um, so yeah, I, so, you know, honestly, I was, I was an English major as an undergrad and, and I had, I had some, I had, I had interest in, in the finance world and finance in general. Um, and so Morgan Stanley was a great, place for me to land. Um, you know, say what you will about investment banking. Um, it it is, it is a place where very smart people go, uh, after college, um, you know, with varying degrees of interestingness, but, but, but they're all very, very, very smart. It it trains you very well, um, as a stepping stone for what you want to do later in life. So, you know, I was there for, for three years as an analyst, one year before that as, uh, as a, so, some sort of data analyst um, position, but what it really taught me was, you know, great financial modeling skills, how to look at a PL and a balance sheet, how to carry that those historicals forward and create, you know, kind of the future of what the company may look like. 
Um, you know, on roadshows, it really taught me how to deal with C-level executives. And it was, it was definitely a, an intense environment, you know, with long hours and, and very high demands, but it was, it was a great training program for, for what I did afterwards. So that's kind of where I landed after undergrad as, um, you know, kind of a soft bellied English grad and, and it kind of hard me up. So that was a good, that was a great start. And then, you know, after business school, you know, despite valuing what I experienced at Morgan Stanley, I knew I didn't want to go back there. Uh, it just wasn't the type of work I, I was interested in. And so I was very much focused on smaller businesses, smaller companies, very much more on the operational side of things rather than the transactional side. So after business school, I, I bounced around a few different places, but I was lucky enough in 2015, early 2015 to, to join JustWorks. And, and I've been there ever since. Um, it's been, it's been five years and one month. Really, really glad I landed there just because I was the first hire. I was able to experience all the different things that someone goes through from being, you know, a AP person all the way up to someone that's dealing with the board of directors. So I was literally in my first year, uh, signing paper checks to pay our vendors. I was, you know, calling customers that may not have had enough money to run payroll to, to collect those fees. Um, but I was also working on the board deck with the CEO, Isaac Oates, um, dealing, not dealing, <laughs> working with the sales team to figure out commissions um, and, and future goals for, for new sales and, and working with the marketing team on what, what, what subway ads to run and how much could we afford. Um, it was very much a very, it was a very lean environment that, that taught me how to always ask the question, um, what's the return on investment? Yeah, very cool. Um, we're going to dive more into that. So I'm glad you gave us a little bit of a preview. But before we do, um, tell me a bit about JustWorks. What does the company do and what is it all about? Yeah. Uh, so JustWorks, I th- you know, at the, at the core of it, JustWorks tries to help businesses grow and, and keep their employees happy. I mean, what we do essentially is we provide uh, the infrastructure for benefits, payroll, tax compliance um, to businesses so that their CEOs, their founders, their, their COOs can, can focus on running the business rather than um, dealing with the state of Illinois because they have an out-of-state employee that works in Chicago um, and, and dealing with their tax authorities or, or you know, figuring out, you know, payroll um, for hourly employees and, and figuring out how to, what's the right way to approve their hours. Um or, you know, JustWorks also allows these companies that are not huge um, all the time to, to gain access to, you know, top tier healthcare um, from our, our carriers like Aetna and Kaiser and United Healthcare, um, or get great perks like um, ClassPass or gym memberships um, that they normally wouldn't have access to. So it essentially tries to create uh, a framework from within which customers can, can provide great benefits um, and you know, provide the compliance and the payroll uh, infrastructure so that they can really focus on running their co- company. Um, you alluded to this, but I, I just wanted to clarify. So um, any company, regardless of size, can start to use JustWorks. So is that right? Or is it focused on a specific segment of the market? Yeah. So you, you have to have at least two employees. Um, but, you know, we we can service customers uh, typically up until around 500 people. Um, our, our sweet spot generally is around, you know, but anywhere between 15 and 150 is really where we, where we see our core market. 
um, those small to medium sized businesses. To your point, like those small and mid sized businesses are. Uh, First of all, payroll HR, there's a lot of complexities and compliance that goes into that. Uh, at, at a team that size, call it sub 150, they're not maybe uh, focused on all of those intricacies of it. So whereas they can come to JustWorks and JustWorks would um, take care of all of that and, and kind of build that um at scale so that uh, they don't, the, those companies themselves don't have to worry about the intricate details. Uh, JustWorks takes care of that. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, uh, that's right. I mean, to be honest, the reason why JustWorks was founded was because uh, our CEO, Isaac Oates, um, you know, he, he ran his own business, which was later sold to Etsy. But before it was sold to Etsy, uh, he had to do all this himself. And he realized this, this stuff is tough and it takes a long time to do it and it's not very enjoyable. So, um, what JustWorks tries to do is really take all of that administrative work that is, is important. It's very important and it's important to get it right. Um, but to take that off founders plates and just let us take care of it. And, you know, at the end of the day, it just works. Um, so you don't have to worry about it. Um, uh, that's nice. I, I like how you uh, toss that in there. I appreciate that. Cool. So like I mentioned, when, when you started at JustWorks, you know, the company was 20 people, so quite small. You were the first finance hire on that team. And you started to get into this. But now that we have a better understanding of what JustWorks does, today, the company has grown to over 600 people, raised more than $90 million in venture capital from the likes of Redpoint, Index, Bain Capital Ventures, amongst others. So as the company grew, how did you evolve as a finance leader and how did you ensure that the finance function was set up in such a way to handle the company's growth during this time? You know, like, like I kind of mentioned before, when I first started, I, you know, I, it was really kind of a blank slate. It was, it was, um, it there was a lot, there was a lot to do. And, you know, in the very beginning, the most important thing is, um, you know, formalize your operating plan and then formalize a way to check against that operating plan as the year goes on. So that was literally, I was, I was pretty in depth or I was pretty in the weeds on building out a model. My first, you know, couple, couple weeks, um, and then creating the infrastructure, um, by which you could measure against that model. And, but, but like I said, I mean, I was literally like signing checks and, I was on the phone with, with, um, with customers and, uh, kind of getting my, my, my fingernails a little bit dirty, um, doing, you know, um, you know, almost every job imaginable under a finance function. And I think, you know, obviously that's not scalable as, as your ARR grows and as, as your employee base grows. And so what I found was most important thing you can do, you know, there are two main things. There's get the software you need. So, you know, if, if you're a certain size, get off QuickBooks immediately, um, particularly if you're in a high transaction environment, um, just because it's going to be impossible to close your books in a, in a timely manner. And then after that, do the financial analysis that that's needed so that you can educate your your other department leads on, on what's going on. So software is a huge thing. And, and I, I definitely did that. Um, we, we got from QuickBooks, got off of QuickBooks and onto Intact um, in my first few months. And that was helpful. And then the other thing is hire for hire for the skills that you don't have. So, you know, you mentioned I was I was at Morgan Stanley, and you know, I'm I'm honestly not an accountant. I mean, I can I can read a balance sheet and PL and I I can I can follow journal entries, but I'm I'm really not an expert at that. And so the the second most important thing besides software and, and being able to scale in software is get the right people involved. So 
the best hire I've ever made was a controller. Um, she, she came from EY after eight years and, and she really got the ship in order, um, and hired great people underneath her to, you know, to, to give me confidence that the numbers I was giving the CEO and CFO were, um, were accurate. And they were not only accurate, but they're actually coming much faster than they were before because of this team. And then that can make, that would allow me to spend more time on the, on the takeaways and the analysis. So that's, that's the most important thing is like get the right software and then hire for the, for the skills that you don't have. Um, and don't be afraid of that, to be honest. And so now uh, that the, you know, that the total JustWorks teams is, is 600 people, um, what does that translate to in terms of the finance team? How big is the finance team? Because when it started, it was just you. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good question. So we're 600 people. We've ha- we have a CFO, um, so I, I report to him. Um, but underneath me, there is uh, two FP&A um, employees, and then there's a controller under which there's four accountants. Um, and they split up the different duties um, between, between themselves on the accounting side. So, um, you know, I think in general, um, if, I, I think if you're a good finance head, you, you try to keep it lean as long as possible. Um, just because you're trying to set an example for the rest of the company. Um, and, um, you know, we're slow to, we're slow to build our teams, but I think growing as your, as the rest of your company scales is critical. And so I think we've done it in a, in a smart way. Um, I think, yeah. I, I think, I think the next couple of hires will be on the FPNA side just because that's increasingly becoming more and more important. Um, but, but yeah, I think I think it's I think it's the right size for where we are right now. One thing I wanted to ask you is because you know you've gone through it and you're kind of uniquely positioned to answer this is how do you decide? So you mentioned the very kind of first hires that you made was someone um, a controller to kind of take away the the accounting aspect of it or to hire for skills that you as a finance leader may not necessarily have or be as strong in, but. When do you know to hire for that? Like, I guess, ask another way. Like, so once you have the accounting side of the house, then you're like, okay, well, I need to hire for FP&A. Like, how do you know at what stage to hire for what uh, and, and not to spread yourself too thin? Or, or like, is there uh, some triggering event that lets you know, hey, once I've crossed, you know, X milestone, this is when I'm going to hire this next person. Is there anything like that? I mean, it's, I think it's honestly more of a feeling, at least that's what I experienced, you know, I, in order, it's obvious where, when there's other, for instance, I was a director, um, up until about a year ago. And when I'm seeing all the other directors spending a bunch of their time on, on strategy and big picture ideas, and yet I'm, I'm still in the model and the nitty gritty, um, you know, literally building out the model. Um, that's, that was kind of like the first, first light bulb that went off. You know, I think, I think it's also what your CFO and CEO demand from you. And if you're not able to give that, that time to, to the strategy, that's also a, that's also a light bulb. It was, it was very much like, it wasn't necessarily like a certain amount of dollars raised through equity rounds or a certain AR that was reached. It was kind of more of like, I should probably be, spending more time on on the strategy rather than in the excel so you know switching gears now a little bit there's been a long-standing narrative that once you get on the venture treadmill so like i mentioned just works has raised 90 million dollars in venture capital um companies should be growing at all costs there is this narrative um when we spoke initially you talked a lot about growing in a fiscally responsible manner 
So could you talk about uh, as a finance leader or what the finance leader's role is in ensuring that a business is fiscally responsible? So I feel pretty strongly about this. I think it's, you know, I think it's, I think it's critical that every time there's, there's a plan being created for the next fiscal year, or there's an ask outside of the plan that happens mid mid fiscal year or whatever, the, the question is always, what is, what's the return and, you know, how quickly can we get that return back? Um, it's actually funny that we're talking about this now because we have our super all hands. This is Friday. And, um, my, my topic that I'm going to discuss in front of the company is, you know, how, what does it mean to generate cash? Um, because, you know, in a couple, in previous years, like generating cash was, was not the coolest thing to do. I mean, you know, VCs were trying to deploy their capital and, and the, the best way to do that is just to give more capital to, to fast growing companies that, that are burning it up. Whether it's the newspapers or just like the, the talk in the wind is, is that's, you know, being profitable, being, you know, cash flow positive, two separate things, but both equally important. That's becoming more and more important, um, from the outside, but internally in just works, it's always been important. So we've tried to stress how to spend our money. In a very in a very smart way. So this super all hands presentation is all about LTV pack, what that means. You know, we have to spend money to grow, but like at what growth rate does does it allow us to be growing at a very good rate and yet generating at least one dollar of cash? And so that's that's what my talk is about this Friday, and it's something that we've we've always thought about and driven to do. It's something we've always talked about. Um, and we're actually doing it now, and it's it's a very proud moment. But more and more people are understanding the value of a company that that can stand on its two feet, um, that can breathe its own air rather than kind of having an oxygen mass mass connected to um, an outside investor. Particularly when things go bad, I mean that that lifeline can can dry up. Um, and I think, you know, particularly after we've seen many years of a bull market and and heady times. You know, it's. I'm not going to be a doomsday person, but it. You know, there is a point in time where the shoe drops, and and so you always want to be prepared for that. And it's great to just be able to stand on your own two feet. You know, in in, a, in this kind of world where we're always kind of seeing that narrative of uh, grow at all costs, and and I think it's starting to taper now a little bit, but it's always refreshing just to hear the uh, grow fiscally responsible, fiscally responsible manner. So, uh, no kudos to that. Um, last question here before we jump into our quick fire round, and that is, in your opinion, what is the importance of the finance function at a company like JustWorks? It's a good question. I think it's very important. You know, I, I think I think what we try to do as, as a function um, is to be a a place of of truth and of, of hard feedback when it needs to be hard um, for our, our other department leads to, to, to make decisions. Um, because at the end of the day, um, it's really the finance team and the CEO um, and the CEO that, that control the purse strings. Um, and so we take that very, very seriously. And so, you know, the importance of the finance function at JustWorks is to be the check for other teams, um, to bounce ideas off of us and to see if there's a, a better way, a, a, a way that's got a higher return. So I think that's, that's the main the main role of the finance function and a secondary secondary role that we have and what we try to get across at our super all hands is just educating the rest of the company. It's not necessarily uh, the, the directors and the VPs of these different departments that need to 
get the message that it's important to invest wisely with our cash. But, you know, it's important to emanate that throughout the rest of the, com- the company because, you know, the people that we're hiring right out of college that will man our sales development desks and our customer service desks could very easily grow and become managers and directors and VPs down the line. So it's just, you know, it, it's important to, to make that part of our culture, which which I think we're, we're doing a pretty good job of. But So what I'd love to do now is jump into our quick fire round and the way this works is I'll ask you some questions and you have 10 to 15 seconds to respond to each. How does that sound? Sounds great. All right. So what's your go-to online resource for all things finance related? Okay. So I, I really like, it's not necessarily all finance, but I really like Alex Clayton's um, blog on medium.com. Um, he's, he was at spark capital and now he's at Meritech and he just really dissects all the big S ones that pop up in the tech world. And it's, it's very interesting to see how someone on his side views public companies and, and, and his big takeaways. So I would highly recommend. Yeah. I, I love that one myself. I, I love the way he does the teardowns of the S ones. It's, it's really one of my faves as well. It's awesome. What's your favorite productivity hack? I like, I, I like 15 minute meetings. I mean, people, you know, people throw up an hour long meeting when in fact, you know, it's probably the topic is probably best served within 15, like, you know, you can discuss it within 15 minutes. I mean, so I, I'm all about, you know, decreasing the, the number and, and length of, of meetings. And I think, I, I think it's pretty useful. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what's one thing you don't leave the office before finishing? I literally sign on to our, our, our bank account, company's bank account and, and check, check the cash flow. I mean, it, I don't, I don't, I think it was something I checked the cash levels and I, and I, and I think it's something that started when I, when I first joined JustWorks when cash yeah was very much king and we were, we were running lean. Um, but it's, it's just stayed with me. That's amazing. So I, I've had, you know, m- m- over 50 guests on the backbone and I've never heard that <laughs> one actually. So that's actually quite amazing because everyone talks about, Oh, like cash is king, blah, blah, blah. But like, no one actually says that cash is like their cash balance is what they check <laughs> before. So that that's amazing. Um, cool. And what's, uh, what's one jargon that makes you cringe? Um, I hate when people type type THX for things. Just type the, <laughs> just, just type the other letters. Like it's, I don't get it. Uh, what's the best advice you've received so far in your career? Um, I got it. I got it from a, a VP at Morgan Stanley. Bounced around a little bit. He was like, "Just stay put for a while." Like, you know, it's it's very fashionable to to bounce around. You know, one two years at a certain place and then move very quickly. And I think there's a lot of value in kind of sticking it out for a little bit at, 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 at your company or wherever, whatever you're doing, but just kind of, you know, grow with it. Um, not necessarily move to the next thing, um, right away. Yeah, that totally. That that's great advice, especially like you said, there's a lot of kind of bouncing around these days. So totally hear you on that one. Um, Jonathan, it's been a pleasure uh, chatting with you, learning a bit more about JustWorks, learning about your journey uh, of, of going from Morgan Stanley Investment Banking to, to JustWorks, um, growing that team from, you know, when you started 20 people to now over 600 people, having raised a bunch of venture capital in that time, but being able to grow fiscally responsibly and and just hearing about how you went about um, setting up the finance function and, and growing just works uh, in your capacity as a finance leader so i really enjoyed this chat and thanks again jonathan it was a pleasure 
Yeah, it was a great time. Thank you very much. All right. Take care. Bye now. Bye. And that wraps up another episode of The Backbone. What an awesome discussion with Jonathan Mirian, VP of Finance at JustWorks. Check out some of the other awesome finance leaders featured on The Backbone from companies like Ecobee, Wealthsimple, League, and many more. Thank you for listening all the way through and joining me on this journey inside finance at a tech company. Until next time, take care.